glory to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can you please just say hello to one another? Thank you, worship culture. Praise the Lord Jesus. Again tonight we praise the faithfulness of God by which he has called us into the fellowship of his son. The very best of what God can do for us is what he did for us when he invited us to be his sons. I pray that you live conscious of that every moment. That in the midst of the difficult situations, the challenges of our days and times, the faithfulness of God has made you one of his sons. We have been graced with such glory. It is a glory that is, cannot be compared with anything that a man can become on earth. What he has made us is the very best of what we can be by his love, hallelujah. Peace is your portion. Courage is your portion. Boldness and confidence are yours. Light and insight are given to you so that you live by light. He that believes in me, Jesus says, he shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. Glory be to God, you have the light of life. You know what to do. You know how to think. You know how to comport yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
you know how to behave yourself in every situation and circumstance your behavior does not fall short of that to which you have been called in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ behavior is important conduct is important because your conduct is a revelation and a reflection of the light that you carry and by the Spirit of the Lord you find that you have better conduct than is found in the world in the name of Jesus Christ brothers and sisters sons and daughters by the spirit that you have received you behave better than the world the Lord help you understand and the Lord help you to lay hold on that truth and enable you to, by that truth, refuse to copy and be conformed to the world in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For a few minutes tonight, in furtherance of our last series, talking about living your best life now, I want to do a subset of that and I've decided to call it our love life. We ended um, the last part of that series talking a lot about marriage and love and things like that. And um, Yesterday it was impressed upon my heart that we should talk a little about our love life. Now, if you know me and you know MICC very well, you should understand that what we're about to talk about is not what it sounds like. Praise God. It's not what it sounds like. It's not what a person who does not understand what we've been doing will listen to and expect. Praise the Lord. Nevertheless, what we're about to look at in this series is superior to what people expect when they hear our love life. And what they are anticipating, what they seek to understand and receive by what they understand by our love life is contained in what we are going to talk about. For the lesser is always contained in the greater. Praise God. So we're going to be talking about our love life and um, we'll just be sharing a few thoughts here and there. Now, if you remember, we started Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2 talked about that you love one another as Christ has loved you and sacrificed himself for us. Hallelujah. Are you there? Let's look into it together in our Bibles. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse number two. Is anybody there? Right, Ephesians chapter five, verse number two. And walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for its sweet smelling savor. In times past, we have defined love, and um, 
I believe every one of us here knows to an extent when we say love what we are talking about. There are a few things that I must immediately strike out within the context of our definitions of love. First of all is that love is not a feeling. We need to settle that in our hearts. Love, by the standards of the word of God, is not a feeling. Praise God. It is not a feeling. Because if you think it's to be a feeling, then you seldom will be able to genuinely walk in love. Because the moments when God expects love from you are likely to be moments when that do not evoke the emotion that we oftentimes talk about in love. It's not the tingly butterfly feelings that we associate with love. As a matter of fact, let me say this, that love is more of a discipline than an emotion. And that is why I want to advance and present to you a definition, another explanation of what love is, if you want to write down. Love, you guys over there, we must, Grow. I appreciate love and celebrate your labors, but please make sure that you are not serving at the expense of your growth. All right? Please. All right? Please. So pay attention. Your notepads and co. Please, Ghana, don't serve at the expense of your spiritual growth and well-being. Praise God. So love refers to Controlled, controlled thought patterns and practices. Controlled thought patterns and practices of relating with others. Controlled thought patterns and practices of relating with others, comma, initiated, instructed, and enabled. Initiated, instructed, and enabled by the same spirit of truth. Initiated, instructed, enabled by the same spirit of truth mercy and grace. The same spirit of truth, mercy and grace with which Jesus has had all his dealings with us. So they are controlled thoughts, patterns, thought patterns, in other words, how we think. The control of how we think and the control of how we of the things we practice, the control of how we think, what we think, how we think, and the control of what we practice in relation to others. 
And these thought patterns and practices that now control us are initiated, which means ordinarily it's not what you would have done. So they are initiated and then you are given instruction. In other words, how to go about things in relating with others. So it's initiated, it's instructed, but not only is it initiated and instructed, but it's also enabled. Praise God. Now, as we go on in this study, one of the things you will notice is that what God calls love that he asks us to live by as he showed love is are things that you and I ordinarily will find impossible to do except that he enables us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So they are initiated, instructed, and enabled by the same spirit of truth, the same spirit of mercy, the same spirit of grace that made Jesus handle our lives the way he has handled our lives. I hope you understand. Amen? Amen. That it's by, by truth, by mercy, and by grace, favor, that Jesus has dealt with us. One of the things that makes it much easier for any believer to agree to walk in love in situations is when he remembers that all that he is, all that he has received, all that he has become from God is because of love. When you remember how God has related with you, it's a lesson for you on how to relate with others. Hallelujah. Never, never forget. You see, when people don't commit to walking in love, it's because they have forgotten or really they don't understand who they are and what it takes God to be involved in their lives. Hallelujah. God is not involved in our lives because we're good guys. No, not at all. God is involved in our lives because he's the good person. Not because we, you know, most times when I'm talking about love, like it reminds me of the song we used to sing in those days, you know, before we got born again, that says, loving you is easy because you are beautiful. In other words, you have something attractive. You have something commendable about you that qualifies you for our love. When it comes to real love, the God, you know, exemplifies that God himself is and calls us to live by. Honestly, there is absolutely nothing desirable about man. And when you understand that, the God is not good to you. God is not kind to you. God is not merciful to you. God does not deal with you with grace and in truth because you are qualified. It helps you understand that likewise, people don't qualify for your love. Hallelujah. Who qualifies for your love? Nobody. Because who did you qualify for God's love? No. 
And that's a very good basis to understand love. That it's in the same spirit. This thought pattern, this manner of life, this way we handle people in relationships is initiated. It's instructed and is enabled by that same spirit by which Jesus Christ deals with us. Praise the Lord. Of course, we've said in times past from John 3.16, that love is the nature that enables you to be your best, to give your best, to help other people become the best of what they should be. Hallelujah. That's love again. Another explanation from love, from, of love from the things we've said that I need you to understand is please understand that love is the nature of God that made him willing to get involved with your life. Praise God. In the same way, when he talks about us loving others, he's talking about us walking, us walking and living according to his divine nature that he has planted in us that makes us willing to get involved in other people's lives. Praise God. If not for love, and you know that's grace. So let me give you another definition, explanation. Love is the nature that births graciousness to people. Grace is the involvement of God. We call it the divine influence of God in our lives. Hallelujah. Love is his nature that enabled all that by which he engaged in our lives. You know what the grace of God is? The grace of God is God in all his glory. And his difference, his holiness, willing to touch your life. Hallelujah. It, grace is the pure and the holy, willing to touch the dirty, that it may become pure and holy. That is grace. Love is what births that. Do you get it? The disciplined thought patterns, thoughts and patterns and practices by which in spite of everything you can see, you still go ahead to be gracious, to touch people and get involved in people's lives, even when you can see ordinarily that there is no reason. You can get away with not helping them, praise God. Now, for the purpose of our discussion this evening, I want to start talking about, you know, there's so much we'll just be going up and down. But I want to share with you shocking truth about love. There's a list of things I'll be talking to you about, characteristics of love or lessons on love. I call them shocking things about love. They're shocking things about love that we must understand. Praise God. Number one, love is the real measure of the value of a life lived. Hallelujah. I'll show you from scripture in a moment. Love is the true value. The real value of a life lived is the love that he forged out of it. So I put here, I said, love is the real value, or rather, love is the real measure of value of a life lived, without which even a man of great knowledge 
high activity, remarkable gifts and achievements is viewed as being nothing. That's a shocking thing about love. That when God looks at men's lives, he doesn't look at their achievements. When God looks at people's lives, he doesn't look at their capacities. He doesn't look at their, their, their giftings. When God looks at the lives of men, he assesses the true measure of value of a man's life. It's the love quotient in that life. Love is the true measure of the divine that is present and working in a man's life. It is not prophecy. It is not revelation knowledge. As a matter of fact, the truth of the matter is that the, 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 the proof of genuine revelation is love. The proof of true growth is love. The only way you can really justifiably prove to me that you know better than I do know is to love more. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says where God is. I'm not yet reading. Still part of that first talk. The point where God is, where God is, love must be and be visible. Please write that down. Where God is, love must be and be visible. Where the life of God is, love is and must be the evidence that the life of God is here. Praise God. Christians should stop shouting, I have Zoe. Walk in love, we will know you have Zoe. Shut up, I have Zoe, I have Zoe. And there's no, there's no evidence. Don't tell us you have Zoe. Show us Zoe. Praise God. So where the life of God is, love is and must be the evidence. Where the spirit of God is, love is and must be the evidence. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3, we know that portion of scripture well. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Hallelujah. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Oh, karebro hosifi. Tongues that sound like Spanish and French and not power. Whatever the dimension of the tongue. The Bible says if we speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love. It says I'm just a noise maker. Praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus, you will not be a noisemaker. So God will prefer you actually to walk in love than to speak with tongues. Praise God. But if you understand the order of things, as you pray and speak more and more in tongues, you should anticipate a greater expression of love in your life. It should not stop with that activity. And though I have the gift of prophecy, hallelujah. How many of you like prophecy? Prophecy. 
fantastic. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith. So that I could remove mountains. But have not love. Bible says what? Do you mind underlining that in your Bible? That you can have great manifestations and yet be nothing. That people can have things to talk about you about. And yet you are nothing. That all that people are saying about you. They don't realize they are talking about nothing. Hallelujah. That all the boasts you are boasting. You're boasting about nothing. The name of Jesus, that is not our portion. Amen. He says, I am nothing. Look, look at that, look at that list of, of, of the supernatural and remarkable things there. It talks about prophecy, it talks about understanding of mysteries. Wow. And all knowledge, understanding all knowledge. Faith. So that I can remove mountains. But have not love. He says I am nothing. He says and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. So you could actually have good works. Philanthropy. And give my body to be burnt. He says but have not love. There is no profit in it for me. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So. That takes me to the second point. So the first point we said is what? Love is what? The measure, the real measure of, of a valuable life. The value of your life is measured by the love quotient of your life. Amen. Not by the very many highfalutin and remarkable things we want to present to ourselves. Amen. Perhaps I should, okay, let me, let me pick another one that is closely related to that. Hmm. All right, closely related to that so that I can be done in like a few minutes. Love is not a favorite focus in church. Because it lacks glamour. Mm. True love lacks glamour. It lacks prestige and mystique. Hallelujah. It's not a favorite church. Because it lacks glamour. It lacks prestige. It lacks mystique. You know, the mysterious. It doesn't look, you know, we like mis mystical things. That make it look to us as if for this person to have been doing this, he actually has ascended into the next dimension. And it was from that dimension, how be it invisible to all of us, that he has brought this forth. Love doesn't present itself that way. By its very nature, are you with me? By its very nature, it prohibits boasting and glorying. 
These are very, very vital things to understand about love. That love ordinarily, except perhaps to the one who is the recipient of it, does not look impressive. Doesn't. In fact, many times, it does not strike a strong chord in the hearts and in the memories of people. This is why at times, love is easily despised. Because it just doesn't impress. By its very nature, it prohibits boasting and glory. It prohibits self-aggrandizement. There are no human lusts that true love recommends. Please, if you're writing, listen to that and take note of it. There are no human lusts that true love recommends, justifies, promotes, or satisfies. Rather, love actually extinguishes these. Praise God. Love extinguishes human lust. The things that men ordinary think to be, hey, 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 hey. And these are some of the reasons why ordinarily, right, it's not a very attractive line of thought for us. We will prefer faith because with faith we can move mountains. Praise God. But love does not give us the privilege of anything that looks mysterious or mystical, praise God. It does not appeal to the pride of life. Amen. Anything you do that you say you do in love, that is an attempt to satisfy a pride in life, you've missed it. It's no longer love. Praise God. The very nature of love in its nature does not have any accommodation for pride of life. So it does not appeal to the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life, or the lust of the eyes, I beg your pardon. Conversely, understand that where these are and thrive, love cannot thrive in its true form. So where the pride of life is, where the lust of the eyes is thriving, where the lust of the flesh is thriving, true love cannot thrive there. If you're in a relationship, and we always come back to this relationship between a guy and a girl, if you're in a relationship and you can see that in that relationship, this guy or this lady conduct the patterns, the practices bother on pursuit of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, know that there is a problem genuine love that can carry that relationship through your lives is missing. Because where the lust of the eyes is thriving, where the lust of the flesh is thriving, where the pride of the life is thriving, true love cannot be. Pride kills love. Praise God. Conversely, love extinguishes pride. They're mutually exclusive. You can't have them there. 
You can have both of them operating in the same place at the same time. Where there is pride, love cannot thrive. But where love has been embraced and released, pride will die. To choose the life of love according to the initiation, instruction, and enablement of the Spirit is to choose for the death of pride. Because you will constantly be challenged along paths where your pride will have to suffer blows. And ultimately, it will come to death. Praise the Lord. So, love actually promotes meekness and humility. Praise God. Love actually promotes meekness and humility. And please take note, wherever you say there is meekness and humility, and it's not for the purpose of love, it is not meekness and humility. It's pretense. This is why I keep teaching you and telling you that the generalized teaching of honor so you will be honored is wrong. You don't honor, you don't offer so that you will be offered back. You offer as a service, initiated, instructed, and enabled by the Spirit. It's not your business about whether or not you'll be honored back. Praise God. And that's where genuine meekness and humility comes from, comes in. When you say you are being meek, you're being uh, humble, and it's not because of love. Something about that meekness, something about that humility, it's got to be because of love. So love promotes meekness and humility. It opposes and gives no room for pontification. You know what pontification is, right? I'm the one in charge. You can't find love where there's pontification. You can't. Praise God. If you have a leader, if you have brethren around you who are pontificating, you know, and proving stuff, the true prayer you should be praying for them is love. When the love of God finds expression in their lives, they will lose the urge, the tendency to pontificate. Hallelujah. It is sacrifice that does not grant you the opportunity of any form of indulgence. Hallelujah. It is sacrifice that does not grant you the opportunity of any form of indulgence. Love is sacrifice. It is humbling sacrifice. It is stripping sacrifice. When love is done with you, you will know that something has left you. Hallelujah. You will know that this is not about convenience. This is something that it's oh beautiful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Love is pruning. It is something that keeps pruning you. Love will keep pruning you. Removing from you the things that God doesn't want in your life. It's a sacrifice that gives no room, no opportunity for or any form of indulgence. Love brings us into contact aha, with the mundane, where there is no room for show off. 
I'm going to stop here. There's still much I want to say on this point. We'll continue from there some other time. But I want to stop on this point because I really want to explain this to you. Love brings you to make contact with the mundane, the ordinary, the lowly, the unimpressive. Let me give you an example from scripture. I hope you have taken notice of this in times past. In Matthew chapter 25, the Bible starts talking about, from the late verses, maybe like 32 thereabouts, starts talking about the time when the king will call together all his people and separate the goats from the sheep. You remember that? And said, all of you goats go to my left hand side, sheep go to my right hand side. Sheep go to the right hand side because um, um, I was hungry, you gave me food to eat, right? You remember that? I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I needed clothes, you gave me clothes to wear. I was in prison, you visited me and so on and so forth. Now, if you remember that story, what did the righteous ask? They said, help me. They says, when did we see you? All right. And we gave you food. When did we see you? We gave you clothes. When did we, were you in prison that we visited you? When? And then the king will answer and say what? Sorry? Sorry again? Again? For as long as you have done this to... Do you notice he used the least? That when he comes to... And it's, it's a very instructive and powerful verse that the Lord Jesus Christ will make distinctions based on your life of compassion. Amen? This is serious business. What was the factor by which he divided them into goats and sheep? Compassion. This is serious business. But then when he talks about measuring how compassionate you are, he didn't say you did it to your friends. He didn't say you did it to your contemporaries. He didn't say he did it, you did it for excellent people. Again, it brings me to the point where I'm raising questions about our teachings on honor and giving and thinking and teaching ourselves that you should aspire to give, to honor, to be present with those who can promote you. Listen, and listen well. The promotion of men will many times become the demotion of God. What men are shouting about and the principles by which they are seeking promotion amongst men will only lead to demotion before God. Hallelujah. And God says, he says, you did it to the least. I went to check the meaning of that word least. It means least in quantity, in size, and in dignity. The least in importance. The least in visibility. The least in beauty. In, the, in beauty. The least in finance. The least in ability. Don't 
embrace the teaching. Don't embrace the thinking. Don't embrace the pressure for promotion that tells you that you should abandon the mundane because you want that height. Remember that all the heights we attain to by principles contrary to the love of God as he teaches us are heights attained to that will be left in this world. Am I saying don't pursue after great and no, emphatically no, please. But I'm saying don't become a person who refuses to touch and engage with the mundane because you're looking for great heights in life. Those great heights will leave them here on earth. But someday you will be adjudged by how you related with the mundane. Love brings you in touch. And that's why we don't like talking about love. Because when you really understand love, you will understand that every time you walk past that beggar on the streets, something inside you quickened. That you were meant to do something, you didn't do anything. You were meant to say something, you didn't say anything. Recent times I discovered there's some guys who ordinarily are people I don't want to associate with. In fact, I was praying I don't want them on the streets here, on the corner over there. Yesterday, there was a fight right in front of the church. I was in my office. I heard them shouting. So I came out and some boys had been, you know, harassed or cut and stuff like that. And while they were conversing, some of those boys from over there, just that building over there, rushed down and it was going to spiral into something completely uncontrollable. The boys, they are on drugs, they're smoking, they're misbehaving. The people ordinarily, I would not want to be anywhere around. I've been thinking about it and saying, who, who can I report to? And this and that and that. And today, while walking out there, God said to me, said, this is the mundane I'm talking about. If you don't want them here, go encounter them. you don't want them there but because you want a better life for them love will bring you to touch the monday this is why we don't like talking love because love will make you look at the okay and turn your back on the okay that you may handle the monday hallelujah some of you must, must have heard me say in times past that Jesus will wreck you. This is how he wrecks you. He wrecks you. Your entire dream, listen, your entire dream borders on flying from place to place in first class around the world, wherever it is. That's your dream. But you just discovered that. in that magnitude of life where everybody minds his business so even God puts you in that first class cabin flying from this place to that place everybody's prim and proper you know when you're flying Emirates now everybody has his own compartment 
close your door. One of the issues with promotion and lifting a life, you're not careful as a Christian, is that you cease to touch and encounter the mundane. And many times you see yourself as being too good to engage with the mundane. about churches where you get to the place and if you drive you park if you drive you park amen if you walk you come in but if you have to patter in after driving There's segregation that keeps us from being able to really walk in love. That's one of the things that love never will allow to happen. Where there is love, there cannot be segregation. Where there is love, there cannot be stratification and, you know, everybody maintains it. No, love, love kills it. It's not that love just resists or abhors it. Love kills it. Love kills it. Love what? Kills it. Love extinguishes it. Praise God. So, please and please, go back to scripture. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13 to start off with. We continue from there. You know, go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Open your heart. And say, Lord, bless my love life. Bless me with an excellent love life. A love life that you can be proud of. A love life that can bring you true honor and glory. Bless me with a genuine love life. There's still so much we're going to look at in this area. Because, like I said, love is the real measure of the quality of your life lived. It's a real point, real measure. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let's pray together.